This afternoon I preach you the Word of God as it is summarized and confessed by the church in the Belgian Confession, uh, Articles 23 and 24, it's on page 508 in the Book of Praise. Articles 23 and 24. Here the church confesses, We believe that our blessedness lies in the forgiveness of our sins for Jesus Christ's sake, and that therein our righteousness before God consists, as David and Paul teach us. They speak of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. Romans 4, verse 6, and Psalm 32, verse 1. The apostle also says that we are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Romans 3, verse 24. Therefore, we always hold to this firm foundation. We give all the glory to God, humble ourselves before him, and acknowledge ourselves to be what we are. We do not claim anything for ourselves or our merits, but rely and rest on the only obedience of Jesus Christ crucified. His obedience is ours when we believe in him. This is sufficient to cover all our iniquities and to give us confidence in drawing near to God, freeing our conscience of fear, terror, and dread, so that we do not follow the example of our first father, Adam, who trembling tried to hide and covered himself with fig leaves. For indeed, if we had to appear before God, relying, be it ever so little, on ourselves or some other creature, woe be to us, we would be consumed. Therefore, everyone must say with David, O Lord, enter not into judgment with your servant, for no one living is righteous before you. Psalm 143, verse 2. In the next article, 24, our sanctification and good works. We believe that this true faith, worked in man by the hearing of God's word and by the operation of the Holy Spirit, regenerates him and makes him a new man. It makes him live a new life and frees him from the slavery of sin. Therefore, it is not true that this justifying faith makes man indifferent to living a good and holy life. On the contrary, without it, no one would ever do anything out of love for God but only out of self-love or fear of being condemned. It is therefore impossible for this holy faith to be inactive in man. For we do not speak of an empty faith, but of what Scripture calls faith working through love. Galatians 5, verse 6. This faith induces man to apply himself to those works which God has commanded in his word. These works, proceeding from the good root of faith, are good, and acceptable in the sight of God, since they are all sanctified by his grace. Nevertheless, they do not count toward our justification, for through faith in Christ we are justified even before we do any good works. Otherwise, they could not be good any more than the fruit of a tree cannot, can be good unless the tree itself is good. Therefore, we do good works, but not for merit. For what could we merit? We are indebted to God rather than he to us for the good works we do, since it is he who works in us both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Philippians 2 verse 13. Let us keep in mind what is written. 
So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. Luke 17, verse 10. Meanwhile, we do not deny that God rewards good works, but it is by his grace that he crowns his gifts. Furthermore, although we do good works, we do not base our salvation on them. We cannot do a single work that is not defiled by our flesh and does not deserve punishment. Even if we could show one good work, the remembrance of one's sin is enough to make God reject it. We would then always be in doubt, tossed to and fro without any certainty, and our poor consciences would be constantly tormented if they did not rely on the merit of the death and passion of our Savior. Beloved church, have you ever experienced doubts? Doubts about the outcome of some activity that depends on something you need to do. A job interview would be a good example. Before it happens, you wonder if you will be good enough in their eyes to be accepted. And as you wait for a response afterwards, you may feel doubts and you might wonder, have I done enough? This week, I think at the school, there will be exams and then again that same the same doubts come in our mind beforehand. We, we wonder if we'll be accepted, evaluated well, and after we wonder if we've done enough. Imagining themselves to be under constant scrutiny from an inspector God with a, with a clipboard in his hand, many people look to the holy God in heaven and they ask the same thing. Have I done enough? Have I felt enough sorrow in my heart for my sins? Have I confessed everything that I've done that is wrong? Have I done enough good works to make amends? This was Martin Luther's big struggle at the time of the Protestant Reformation in the 16th century. In fact, that was the big question that was faced by many people, and they were living in this doubt, constant doubt. They were looking for comfort, the presence of a holy and a righteous, eternal God. Well, the church of Jesus Christ responded in this context and to this need by emphasizing the comfort of the gospel. It's the theme of the Heidelberg Catechism presented in the first question and answer. The articles we're looking at today are also worded with the express intention of giving confidence to believers who may be experiencing doubts about their salvation. This confidence is found in the glorious gospel, the announcement that good works are not a condition of justification, of being declared righteous, but they are indeed a gift that the Holy Spirit works in the lives of sinners after he has declared them righteous. When we understand where good works fit into the order of salvation, then we will stop questioning whether we've done enough to earn our salvation, and we will rejoice that we do good works at all. These good works are a sign of God's justifying grace 
and a guarantee that we are truly united to Christ and we share in all his benefits. And I preach you this gospel under the theme, the good root of faith brings the good fruit of works. We'll see the direction it goes from root to fruit and the connection that there's root and fruit. You have the confessions before you. You can see that Article 23 and 24, they present a very clear statement concerning the order of God's work of salvation. In theological terms, these articles explain that we are justified and declared righteous by God's grace alone, and then as a result of Christ's work for us, the Spirit of God sanctifies us by dwelling in our hearts and guiding us in our new life. Because Christ has come to fulfill all righteousness with his perfectly fruitful life, God is able to give life to all those who were dead in their sins by grafting them into Christ and making them share in the communion of all his benefits. And we looked at that in Article 22. Christ's holiness and obedience are ours when we are joined to him by true faith that the Spirit works in our hearts. Rather than our weak attempts to cover our sins with some fig leaves that we find, and the catechism or the confession reminds us of what happened in in paradise after the fall into sin, the promise is that instead of the fig leaves, we are covered with the the white clothes of, of righteousness, Christ's righteousness. We are as good in God's sight as his very own innocent son is. God treats us, his children, as if we too had kept the law perfectly, as if we had the perfect desires expressed in the Lord's prayer, and as if we were perfect specimens of the citizens of God described in Matthew 5 in in the Sermon on the Mount. God declares the entire Christ tree to be good, innocent, acceptable, and pure. So every branch grafted into him is called by the same names as Christ, his son. So we can appear before his throne without any fear, without any terror, without any dread in our consciences. Because it is not a matter of whether we have done or have not done enough or if we are good enough, but it's all Christ before us. And we stand before God in Christ, confident and unashamed. It's the gospel that we confess. And this connection to Christ by faith necessarily has some very visible consequences in our lives. As a stream gives life to to the trees that are transplanted by it, like we'll sing in Psalm 1, so our faith in Jesus Christ causes us to be fruitful, to, to bear fruit in our lives. Once God has taken us out of the punishment of darkness and death, and brought us into the light of life with Christ by implanting the seed of the gospel in our hearts, even as he grafts us into his Son, he makes it possible for us to be holy people. 
Those whom he justifies, he also sanctifies. If Christ is a fruit-bearing tree, then all who are grafted into him will also bear fruit. The flow of life is from the root to the fruit. And what we need to understand in our lives is that we need the root in order to have the fruit. We confess that without justifying faith, no one would ever do anything out of love for God, but only out of self-love or fear of being condemned. That's in Article 23. Doing things out of self-love or fear of being condemned. It's very hard on relationships. If you do things out of self-love or, or out of fear of, of being condemned, it's very hard to have close friendships. And marriage relationships often get very strained if, if that's what the, the lives of those involved looks like. When we are indifferent about good and holy things, it's also very difficult to love our work, to love our school, to love church activities. We might think try respond to this as we face the difficulties that we just need to try harder to fight harder against addictions or try harder to to react in a kinder manner or or try harder to to make our expectations more clear or, or whatever other strategy we think we might we think might work then we think if we do that then we can have joy and peace in our friendships and and relationships again but but it never works because we're trying to produce fruit without the root. We can't have peace with God and with our neighbor if we aren't placing our trust and faith in Jesus Christ. And that's why when you face problems in your relationships or you, you don't love your, your work or you don't love your school or, or your church activities, the first thing an elder will ask you about is your relationship to Jesus Christ, to God. He'll ask you about your faith, about your confession of sins, about your knowledge of God, about your prayer life, because he knows that those good works that you, you so want to see in your life that bring peace and joy to your relationships can only be enjoyed by those who embrace Christ and make him their own. Make him their own. The fruit flows from the root. Perhaps hearing this and thinking about it, it'll be a moment of, of conviction or confession or conversion. Or perhaps it will be a reminder for a person who already is connected to Christ by faith but has forgotten to depend on God in prayer for this one struggle. But the solution is very similar. If you see problems with the fruit... Go back to the root. In the epistles, the apostle explains that people behave differently before they believe in Jesus Christ than they do afterwards. Paul will say this in the letters. You'll read it. Formerly, he'll say, formerly you lived like the pagans. But now in Christ, and then he shows a very different picture. If we were to compare people to a cutting or a branch, we could say, 
Formerly, we were disconnected from the source of nutrition and life. Or, or we could say, when we were not relying on Christ to strengthen us through this hardship, we were disconnected. And a person not connected to Christ is like a branch that must rely on the sap that remains within itself or, or whatever substitute it may find that never equips us to bear good fruit. All that's left is a life full of those doubts and those fears and those uncertainties and those hardships. And that's why we praise God for the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit who, who strengthens us in our reliance on Jesus Christ, working that faith in our hearts, that bond or that connection, that embrace of our Savior. As a result of His work in our lives, we are able to do good works. When we are rooted in the source of all life, we will bear fruit. When God loves us first, we will love. That's the connection between root and fruit. We confess faith in Christ makes a person live a new life and frees him from the slavery of sin. Since the implanted word, seed of the word has life in itself, as we saw this morning in, in Mark 4, in a mysterious way, the Spirit is able to use that word to make real changes in our lives. He exposes all that is false and sinful in our hearts and our minds and our actions. He fights against it so that you can return to that unique and original person that God created you to be. Once you are united to Christ by true faith, you will necessarily produce the fruit of faith. We confess that it is impossible that it is impossible for this holy faith to be inactive in people. For we do not speak of an empty faith, but of what Scripture calls faith working through love. And that was the display text as we walked in this afternoon. Galatians 5, verse 6. Good works in renewed hearts that rely on Christ alone for their salvation are as are as inevitable and as certain as, as fruit on a fruit tree that is properly nourished. The voice of the Lord, Psalm 29, is powerful. The fruit of faith will necessarily come forth in those whom God works. And we believe that the gracious work of God in our hearts will show itself in very clear ways. So we speak of of fruit. What do we mean by fruit? And the confession and what we, what we confess indicates some very important signs, vital signs of faith. It helps us to know what to, to look for also when we're deciding on, on who would be good to have as, as a close friend or as a husband or a wife. A, a wife. Who, who, would, who, who is reflecting this faith? in their lives. What does that look like? When the Spirit regenerates a person and makes him a new cre creature, we read that person will live a new life that's freed from slavery to sin. Now that doesn't mean there are 
no daily sins of weakness, but it does mean that those people will hate their sinful desires. They will flee from temptations and sin. They will hate evil in themselves and in the world around them. They will be led by the Spirit in that continual conflict in the spiritual warfare. Further evidence of God's work in our hearts can be seen in our desire to live a good and holy life, replacing indifference about lifestyle with a hunger and a thirst to be righteous like our Lord Jesus. The final fruit of God's work in our lives mentioned in our confession is that we are motivated to serve God because of our love for Him. So you can, you can ask yourself, why do I worship God? Why do I work? Why do I study hard at school? Why do I sacrifice my own desires for the sake of friends and husbands and wives and, and church family relationships? And the answer will not be because it makes me happier. The answer will not be because I'm afraid to go to hell. You see, God's work frees you from slavery and the fruit of this freedom is a desire to love God, to live a holy and a righteous life. We observe those desires in our own lives with, with a holy joy and delight to see the Spirit working in our hearts in this way, to see the Spirit working in the hearts of our loved ones in this way. And the important thing about the fruit that God gives us is that it is seen in us as something that we are really doing with, with our hands and with our heads and with our hearts. God doesn't just make fruit appear in our lives, but he makes our very own will alive. He gives us the desire to be fruitful. And our confession highlights this personal responsibility when it says that this faith induces man to apply himself to those works which God has commanded in his word. Right away we think of that, that rich man, the rich young man who, who spoke to our Lord Jesus. People with true faith make the decision to obey God's commandments, to, to love God and their neighbor, to apply themselves with focus and commitment and determination, to have this fruit visible in their lives. Maybe when you have a, a get-together, you, you speak about this desire for righteous and holy living, recognizing that Christ has made us his own, together with Paul in Philippians 3, we say we're, we're pressing on to strain forward to what lies ahead. We can see the Spirit dwells in our hearts when we want our lives to look fruitful like the life of Jesus Christ. We purposefully ask questions like, how would Christ study for this exam? How would Christ teach this class? How would Christ do this job? How would Christ make this business deal? How would Christ respond to this person? And those are not always easy answers or questions to, to answer, but our faith induces us to, to apply ourselves to study the Scriptures to find those answers. 
That's an applying, uh, applying your heart to righteousness. And since as people with faith, we are motivated by a sincere love for God, first of all, we're serious about our calling in this world to work and worship and we're eager to live in healthy relationships as we're also called by God. We see the Spirit is leading us to seek to produce more fruit, to be more useful to our neighbor, to serve in God's kingdom more. And when we, in weakness, fall into sin again, we see God's Spirit again manifesting Himself in our lives when He, when he allows us to see our, our sins and our weakness, when He leads us to God on our knees in repentance and trust, not in order to be saved, but because we are saved, because we already have peace with His Son, Jesus Christ. Well, the gospel message for us is that these good works that we observe in ourselves with humble joy and holy delight are recognized as really coming from us. When God sees you doing this, He sees you doing those good works. And we confess that they are good and acceptable in the sight of God since they are sanctified, made holy by His grace. We believe that we do good works. We say, therefore, we do good works. And note the we. We, as new creatures in Christ, do good works. They aren't just sparkling sins, as one man called them, but they are real, God-pleasing good works. It's true that the works we do are sanctified, They're set apart by God who in His grace understands that they are presented by sinners who are still overcome by weakness, but God receives them so washed in Christ with joy. Since Christ is our righteousness and has paid for our sins, God's fatherhood and God's love is not dependent on the exact quality of the works we offer to Him. Although our gifts are, are really like, like a small child's random lines of color on a piece of, of paper brought to an owner of an art gallery that's filled with million-dollar paintings, our little drawings pale in comparison to Christ's perfect work. They're completely unneeded by God. The Lord delights in our works. Just like the owner of that art gallery might, might delight in the little drawing of, of his own child and hang it up right there in the gallery with the other paintings. God receives our good works as expressions of love and gratitude from sinners that he saved, that he declared righteousness. He sees that they are rooted in faith. He sees the motivation of our heart. He sees our thankfulness. They may be an actual fact like, like dirty rags or pictures that are colored outside the lines or amateur crafts or stumbling words or out-of-tune songs or, or whatever, but they come from sincere love of adopted children whom he brought into his family so that we might love one another and live in peace together. 
Our good works are a sign of our fellowship with God and His gracious work in our lives. And and so God delights in them. There is always a connection between the good root of faith in Christ and the fruit of good works in our lives. We confess that God works in us both to will and to work for His good pleasure. When you're restored to favor with God, His Spirit in your heart brings you back to this duty that we we confess based on Luke 17. And this shows us that these works are not meaningless, but they serve a purpose in God's plan for, for all eternity. Just like a cherry tree is is created to produce cherries, so we are created to do good works. Faith in Christ allows us to fulfill this duty once again, and we are indebted to God for every good work we do, for every time we we actually do what He made us to do. The Spirit leads us to do good works because they are what makes His kingdom a beautiful place to be. Just as fruit brings nourishment and satisfaction and, and, and delight and beauty, that thinking of myself eating a cherry, all those joys that a fruit can bring, which are like the crowns of, of, a, of the tree's production of that cherry, so good works bring joy to our hearts. They bring blessing to our neighbor. They bring delight to our Creator. It's the beautiful consequences of the good works that we see that reward those gifts. That's how God crowns His gifts. And so wherever there is fruit, there will also be the reward that God crowns it with. Because God equipped us to bear fruit, we now have peace with Him. What a reward. What a a consequence. We have fellowship with our neighbor. We have ability to worship him in spirit and truth from the heart and not just today but but for all eternity. We have success in reaching the goal of our faith, finishing the race, receiving the salvation of our souls. And so when we are in doubt, when we are tossed to and fro without certainty, with our poor consciences that get tormented, remember, that your salvation depends only on the death and passion of Jesus Christ, His suffering. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. There is fruit for those who are in Christ. And you can receive an assurance of this election by observing those fruits as they flow from your heart, tied to Christ in faith. And brothers and sisters, then, In the times of doubt, comfort yourselves by the direction you're facing that God turned you to face, not by how quickly you are always advancing. Comfort yourselves by your desire to give the most excellent gifts rather than what may be the actual quality of the gift we can bring. Comfort yourselves by the perfection of Christ's righteousness that makes it possible for your good works to be a blessing to your neighbor. We are declared righteous by God through faith in Christ so that we are continually sanctified by the Holy Spirit who dwells in our hearts. The good root 
of faith brings the fruit of good works. Amen. And we'll sing together now Psalm 1, another psalm that speaks of being planted by streams of water. We can picture that as being brought into the nourishment and life that we have in Jesus Christ. Psalm 1, and we'll sing that psalm standing if you're able to stand. <laughs> 